Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are continuing our kind of end of the year favorites, picks, whatever, for <laughs> it's, it's kind of close out our year. They probably should have thought of a better name, but whatever. Um, but this week it is Marty's pick, and that is My Sassy Girl from the year 2001. So, uh, Marty, I'll just go ahead and kick it straight over to you. What was the idea behind the pick and everything dude totally yeah so this is actually like probably one of the most like seminal movies in in my life or like in my adult life like very dear spot in my heart um hit at like kind of the perfect time and you know i've never really found i think the right kind of justification for an arc uh to sort of like group the movie inside of um so it really just kind of felt like the the perfect time and also i'm kind of kicking myself like not not having found an excuse to to share it earlier but yeah so um really in many ways uh my sassy girl is is like a kind of it's part of like a trojan horse for kind of korean popular entertainment really becoming something of of what we know it as today um there's like a Korean wave that like took place in the early 21st century. And on the cinema side, this is like a crucial part of it. And when it hit theaters in South Korea in 2001, it was just doing this like gangbuster box office and everyone involved in the movie, I think was taken completely by surprise. The public was as well. (laughs) And it was, um, at, at one point in time, it was, had earned like more money than Titanic had in Korea, and it was like, Whoa. yeah, it was it was just kind of becoming this um, phenomenon. So it really, I think, captures that that point in time, and also um, really, this was like a movie I associate with like my bestest friends in the world, Hugh and Meng. Um, Meng brought it into our lives, and at one point we all ended up ordering like matching uh, DVD players. It was this off brand called cyber home, but you could easily change the <laughs> setting in the menu so that it was region free. Marty, oh, cool. I had that too. Oh, t- cyber oh home. my God. It's like destined to be <laughs> destined to be friends. That's funny. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. And it's like, did you have it specifically because it was region free? Yes. Because it was, yeah. People said, oh yeah. If you just, it was like a secret code, like in a video game. Yeah, totally. I forget it what it was. It was a code that you yeah. enter into the, into the menu. And it also really was a good, um, it was a, you know, just a good DVD player had some like primitive upscaling <laughs> yeah. and things like that for the for the time oh man that that's so fun <laughs> but yeah it's like also where we were at that point like um just kind of getting into college age kind of run you know it's like that same chapter of your life as the characters um in the film and also i think all three of us have this kind of like hopeless romantic quality like could easily <laughs> find ourselves kind of in this position and also frankly like fell super hard for a Junji Hyun like just yeah I think that's probably the last time in my life where I remember having like a yeah movie star sort of crush thing um so yeah big deal and also and I had kind of forgotten um 
the full extent of this until like rewatching the movie again recently. But honestly, the songs and the soundtrack were really pivotal for me as well. Um, and I think that also captures like this awesome kind of turn of the century, like talent that's bubbling in, you know, Korean pop music that um, most people in the West didn't really have any kind of inkling of yet at this point in time. But I feel like for those of us that are fans of, you know, video game music and, um, you know, this very like melodious, like harmonically colorful, Mm-hmm. like JRPG stuff. It's like, you, there's really quite a lot um, in that spirit. I feel like in the soundtrack, but uh, yeah, crazy um, movie. Yeah. Um, also, I, it's gotta be probably one of my favorite endings um, ever. I mean, it, I think it's just like brilliantly constructed and set up and everything. Um, but, uh, but it's funny. I, I think showing the movie nowadays, it, it's funny. It's like, enough time has passed where I think um, the kind of like slapstick leanings of the movie, I think still connected with enough audiences at that point in time where it's like, Oh, it's like, this is like modern South Korea meets the Marx brothers or three stooges or something like that. And ah, I've got to say, it's like in the 20 years since it's like, there's, I don't know if there's really any place for like slapstick anywhere. <laughs> like I've really been thinking about <laughs> yeah. it as like going back into the movie. Um, and I think what is also funny is it's like, uh, at least in our circle, I was like, you know, the only like non Asian or Caucasian, I guess, um, dude <laughs> in the group. And it's like for my friends, it's like, especially as like, you know, scenes like trying to come back home and like not be beat by your mom. It's like, dude, that was just like <laughs> hysterical for my friends. And so it's like, like, I, I think I also had that experience of just kind of like watching it within that like milieu and everything. Um, I got you like through their eyes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I think, I think it probably, the movie probably needs like a couple warnings about like, I think like, yeah, slapstick. It's yeah. like, this is supposed to be funny. But also, I mean, this movie, it's like, it's this crazy kind of like kaleidoscope of things and it's really trying to offer like so much. It's like, it gets, it gets in deeper than you're kind of expecting. And it's also really goofy and, um, just, I think, yeah, just some brilliantly constructed bits of comedy and like misadventure and, and shit. And, but then, like I said, it's like this kind of like twist ending that's really lands but yeah i'll i guess other than that um yeah shout out definitely to the i know i was talking about the soundtrack but shout out to the composer uh kim hyung suk who's he was more of like kind of part of the burgeoning like k-pop environment but he was also trained Mm. classically and that really shows in this that kind of central song of the movie i believe was like also a really big big deal um the film itself is actually based on these blog posts that um, this writer on the internet, uh, Kim Ho Sik, uh, had been posting. And it's supposedly based on somewhat true events of this girl that kind of mm. came into his life. And so a lot of the basic beats of the movie kind of come from that blog post. But the film is co-written by uh, its director, um, Kwok Jae-young, who's 
super talented and had kind of an interesting story. He had a few kind of domestic hits in Korea in like the eighties and nineties, and then had been in like this very dry spell of like not really making films and following this film and its huge success. He really had a pretty great, great run of films. Um, for anyone that is taken with the movie, a great like companion film is uh, Windstruck, a film that he wrote and directed a few years later that also stars uh, Jung Ji-hyun as like the, mm. um, really the lead. And uh, yeah, I won't give anything away, but it's really kind of meant to be a companion to this film, even though it's a you know, oh, different cool. story, different characters. And yeah, quite a few good uh good films uh after that but yeah anyways that's tons of talking tons of context um but yeah i'm curious like how did <laughs> like going in cold like i i wanted to try to like not share too much but i'm curious if that how that went i i enjoyed it i it's funny the biggest thing that it felt similar to to me was stephen chow oh dude like king uh, of which comedy I don't know if, maybe yep definitely. yeah definitely very king of comedy mm-hmm. although i think the 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 girl in my sassy girl is a lot more deranged than the leading lady in King of Comedy. Um, but yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, the, like the same, like kind of a rom com with some kind of wacky like vignettes that are kind of out of nowhere. And the wholesome side of Stephen Chow too, that kind of patient, kind of self deprecating, kind of leading man. Yeah, that's kind of what we're getting here too. I, I felt that way too. And like the whole, the whole kind of like. Like there's, it's not as deadpan as Stephen Chow is, but it has a little bit of that flair, which whenever most comedy coming out of Hong Kong is so broad that it stands out whenever you have the person that's just like, uh, this again, kind of <laughs> to, to wacky situations. No, totally. So. And also like the Cecilia Chung character, we get these moments in that film where she really opens up about like a very dark kind of brutal yeah yeah and we ultimately do get that um with jung ji hyun's character in this in this film um right and and her they're they're both both of their coping mechanisms is kind of like this kind of unhealthy lashing out at the people around them which i i i kind of yeah i I was feeling a lot of king of comedy vibes from this too uh matthew i don't know if you have any more to say but i mean i could i could give my Uh, takes too well, the other thing that I was going to say is that I watched this with my wife awesome. and because um, we've, we've watched we've watched a few movies together, but I figured, oh, yeah, it's you know, we, we we've actually watched uh, not a whole lot, but more than zero Korean stuff together because mm. we watched um, we watched uh, watched Parasite nice. whenever the oh, after that came out yeah. um, and we watched score Squid Game whenever everyone was talking about that last mm. year. And so I was like, hey, you know, it's it's weird that we've. We've seen a few of these, so why why not one yeah, more? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> cool. Um, and of course, we've you know we've watched plenty of like rom commy things together. And, um, and yeah, she she said she she did enjoy it. It's just it's very different because it's it's like there's like one thirty minute movie and then like five other movies, kind of like of like these little vignettes of like you know stories in their life that are kind of like they kind of are strung along, but they're kind of like just their own thing yeah, which yeah, is kind of totally. which is cool it's just it's it's very different yeah and and that calls to like the the blog post style yeah too. It's that's like, it almost makes like, totally sense yeah almost like an anthology yeah anthology is a good word for it yeah what are, what are your thoughts carlos yeah so i mean i i did really enjoy it um i i i totally echo like what you were saying matthew the other the other thing 
is around this time too and i think it was just a little after this in japan there was like um this reminded me of a, a, a kind of a it was like a pop culture thing called densha otoko i don't know if you've ever heard of it. it's called like train man and basically it's kind of a similar like romance kind of situation but um the the story about that is that it originated on uh two channel the like message post board in japan and there's like this dude that's like hey basically writing um blog posts about like wanting he like gets into an encounter where there's a dude like harassing a girl on the subway train and then he kind of stands up to the guy and then he kind of becomes this like nerd icon because he's like kind of a you know romantic lead but he's like a nerd so that kind of started this whole thing but um i i vibed with this a lot more than i did with denchal toko but it reminded me of that and i i'm i'm sure there's probably comparisons out there and in a similar way too they say like oh these are all true stories but in you know who's to really say what the truth was and i'm in the end this is like you know pop culture material so i'm sure there's like a lot of details that are kind of smoothed over or you know changed for the sake of making like a movie or a book and um uh, but i did really enjoy it and yeah uh junji hyun i mean undeniable star of this film but uh, i think both leads are are pretty great and um it you know it's a romantic comedy which isn't really usually my jam but like you guys are saying where they kind of throw in these kind of um slapstick moments and kind of like the comedy bits really kept me going through and um i did actually kind of like how they break it up to like a part one part two and then there's like a epilogue thing yeah overtime overtime and um yeah i don't know i i I did really have a good time with it um i did think it was a little long but that also kind of calls to it being an adaption and then wanting to put a lot of it in but um the music also was something that really resonated with me. And like you were saying, Marty, how it's like very melodic. I, I honestly did really feel like some like Koji Kondo vibes out of some of oh, these dude, like totally. waltzy lullaby, like piano romantic like pieces. I'm watching this knowing that you brought it to us I'm like oh man I know this is like Marty's <laughs> jam I could just yeah tell when I was watching it but yeah I was surprised at how good the music is honestly mm. like it was uh, a lot of I mean, obviously it's still a lot of like you know com- computer instruments but right, right. it's like 2001 is like when we're starting to get some decent computer <laughs> instruments yeah um and and there's a lot of a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff. Got a, a couple of cool needle drops. Of course, the I, I guess most famously, I never heard of this movie before. I'm assuming it's famously, but there's my girl in the middle of it, yeah, which is yeah, totally. which is used in a really cool way. Yeah, that's awesome, and it comes in the end credits. And I feel like you can't you can't have a good rom com without some '60s song in the middle of it. You know, <laughs> yeah, and I was sure. feeling like that was like almost like 
something that maybe in Korean cinema you wouldn't expect to hear. Like totally. when you hear it from like our American pop culture side of it, it's yeah, almost like this yeah. cliche, like oh they're using that. But I can I can see yeah here it's it like it almost from, adds some kind of like validity or something. Um, yeah, or at least for mm-hmm. right. audiences. Yeah, another thing. Um, yeah, unfortunately, there's just not a great way to like legally stream the film in the states. So um, the copy that I shared, like just yeah, a couple caveats. So um, the theatrical cut is a tighter version of the movie than than mm. what you guys are watching here. And yeah, I wish I had a good uh, copy of that. But um, do you know what they cut yeah, out? Off I'm interested. Or yeah, I'm trying. To, so I th- think that the uh, the amusement park sequence, I believe, is tighter, and then a couple of the f- like film breakaway, like fantasy film mm-hmm. fantasy breakaways like just tighter and there's one other sequence now i can't re- remember yeah i should have been doing my homework but it's like nah, i want to say good. it's like maybe 10 12 more minutes in the director's cut um and 10 minutes can make a movie feel way breezier though like it's amazing how far just a few minutes can go oh in yeah terms of yeah totally. making a film feel more tight um, so yeah i remember it like back in the day when we were yeah like i said my, my friends and i were super into it like we're really passionate about oh you got to watch the theatrical cut but um there are some blu-rays that you can import but it's a little bit tricky because it's like uh i was talking to Meng about this just the other day but yeah i want to say like the japanese blu-ray has the theatrical cut but doesn't have english subtitles something like that anyway so (laughs) you'd have to go through some lengths to kind of get um uh to kind of customize the right version Need a soul rescue as opposed to Hong Kong rescue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, totally, man. Um, but uh, the other thing I I liked is that we're we're so far off from two thousand one that seeing this movie. It's so plain it's to see like that it's from 2001. Yeah, it's like yeah, the totally hairs, yeah. even you know, across the other side of the world, the cell phones, the yeah, hair. The biggest styles, thing is the cell phones. Yep, the fashion. Although it was, uh, I think Callie pointed out was that people are looking at their flip phones the way that we would look at smartphones today. Oh, so dude, it's not, it's point. not that much of a jump. And I, I want to, I don't know this 100 percent for sure, but I want to say that flip phones in Korea and Japan in the early 2000s had more like stuff going on with them than than ours did at that point. So for sure. No, I think you're right. Cause like even, even texting was like really slow to break out um, in the States. Yeah. Um, I love his, his little like, koozie thing around his computer monitor oh, oh, it's, like cool, it's like a little stuffed animal, stuffed animal the best. Like, yeah. oh, man. oh yeah, and then the last thing i uh probably should mention like before we jump into it is um mm. yeah so movies like a big sensation uh it's been remade in like several countries including the u.s yeah and so i've never seen that version of the movie probably not not going to it's yeah. Not not regarded very yeah, not regarded very highly. So if I was a better Heroes Three co host then I would have watched it, but I started <laughs> I started playing a new video game. No, that's amazing. Day, so, so yeah, um Alicia Cuthbert plays um yeah. plays the girl and it's like I don't know. I mean I do think yeah, I, I don't know if the movie works like without Junji Hyun and like her I don't know. It's gotta be this kind of thing where it's like it's like such a challenge. It's like almost like a tagline of the movie could be like could you love this crazy, unstable, abusive girl? Um, yeah. 
I, I did watch the trailer for the film. And even in the trailer, you can see that they're kind of doing some of the scenes from from the Korean version. But um, yeah, like you said, I, I also feel like the cultural side of it is pretty important for this film um, because you're you're getting these kind of like on the cusp of adulthood moments but from the korean culture side of things and um seeing that like put in an american setting i don't think would really work and then if you translate that out to something else and then it's not the same so um yeah yeah but yeah and almost like there is like this underlying thing of like okay is like a good korean boy just supposed to like take abuse from like all the women in his life which it's like a very dude-ish take and honestly it's like it's a very like dude lens romantic comedy you know um which i feel like is also somewhat somewhat rare um and like a very like a young man i don't know like is not necessarily not necessarily ready to like stand up for himself uh fully but you know you know what i can also compare it to is um uh in everything everywhere all at once you've got waymond and that that, the character of waymond in that really kind of calls to this type of male lead where yeah, it's like, like long suffering like yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll but keep it's coming like back and yeah it never really stands up for himself something you would normally see as a fault but then twisted during the film into it being like this is my kind of virtue that i have and um it's not i feel like in popular culture people see that and they're like man that guy's a bitch like you know like something like that (laughs) yeah and but but it's kind of it kind of grows into something bigger than that and i think that um with this movie the the length of it is something that i'm like man if they were to tighten that up that message could really come across a lot stronger but um i still feel like if you invest yourself into the film by the time you get to that climax where you do find out these things i think that it it is a huge payoff for his character and it kind of creates this kind of nice character arc that i wasn't expecting to see towards the end of the movie and then once that you're past that and um, i i mean i guess this movie is like two two plus hours long so i don't it's 217 yeah if we could do it back of the vhs but i think maybe i think we'd have more fun just discussing the movie if you guys are cool with, yeah yeah with yeah that, right? let's jump in um and yeah so that yeah. 217 yeah. I mean, that's the that's the director's cut and the, that's the director's oh cut. right the right theatrical right. cut is like i think just a little over two two okay, hours yeah. um so yeah. yeah but i do feel like yeah you by the end of it there you do feel rewarded in both um uh, uh the main character and the girl both their arcs i think are, are pretty rewarding and uh, you know you get this kind of the fairy tale side of it towards the end, which which I think is really sweet. Um, mm. I I guess yeah, maybe if we're gonna start discussing it, I don't want to start talking about the the back half yet because there's a lot of fun stuff towards the beginning yeah, of the movie spoilers. that we could talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the I mean the the basic premise of the movie before we even get anything else is just it's about this guy uh, Yun Woo who. Do you would you say Gunwoo? Like, do you say the G at all? I don't Dude, know Korean I'm, names at all. No, so. please forgive our our mispronunciations, yeah, we're gonna, but we're trying. We're yeah. Stumble, but. Well, luckily, luckily, Gunwoo is literally the only named character in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do um, feel like I hear them say either Gunwoo or Kyungwoo, like maybe yeah. a G or a K sound. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think you'd be all right. um, 
Uh, but uh, Gunwoo is like it starts with kind of a coldish open where he's talking about like waiting for a girl at a tree. We learn a little about his backstory, like that he was raises a girl until he was six, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of just it's just kind of used like a fun, weird comedy beat. Um, he meets this girl who's super duper drunk and like kind of takes care of her for a bit. And the whole rest of the movie is basically just the two of them kind of having an on again, off again relationship <laughs> that kind of builds over time. We learn more about her backstory and how her family is kind of not supportive of her, how Gunwoo's parents kind of want to get him out of the house. Yeah. And yeah, and then it just it kind of builds all these different weird vignettes and stuff until the end where uh, through happenstance, they break up and through other happenstance, they get back together. Yeah, there's this um, this notion of fate that we've seen in many films, but mm -hmm. put to this romantic context where it's like uh, basically no matter what, they keep bumping into each other yeah. over the course of this relationship, which is really cute. The whole subway scene is is great, and <laughs> they really push it as far as they can <laughs> with that because yeah. you see this drunk girl and she's kind of bothering people, and he's taken with her. I think he even says like this is kind of like my type of girl, but then but, um, but I, yeah, and I don't like her, yeah, it, and it's like yeah, except, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> something like that. And um, well, and actually, it starts because he sa he saves her life. Mm -hmm. Um, so after our little like, oh, this is how I was born. This is how I grew up. And th there's a cool little device where he's getting his picture taken, but he keeps ge keeps getting interrupted on the phone. And then we see him hanging out with his friends, like. Um, just eating noodles and stuff and his mom bugs him and he's like trying to get out of it because she's saying that like oh your aunt has been you know begging you to come visit and she's trying to set you up with this girl and I think most of this like beautifully like slides by the the first viewing and you don't yeah it doesn't you don't really track it you're not really registering the mom even mentions that like the aunt has lost her son and reminds him of you but it's all in this kind of like like just rapid like loud vibe of the like the noodle bar and everything and the camera's kind of circling and he's clearly saying it's like oh he doesn't want to be you know set up by his aunt and then he sees this girl walking by outside like slender long hair it's like oh that's my <laughs> that's my type um anyways <laughs> so it's like when he gets to the train station there's this girl like teetering towards the edge like honestly about to fall on the tracks and he like pulls her back and you sort of feel this moment. But yeah, she's like, she's super drunk. But even in this these kind of opening sequences, she's kind of bringing up the concept of fate already, asking asking about that. Um, and it's really a case of, uh, like, our hero is just thrust into helping her out. Like, basically, uh, he's guilty of only <laughs> trying to have, like, save her life. And now he's, like, thrown into just this, like, awful burden and, like, one of the worst... <laughs> nights of his life so it's like um she's also not only she's super drunk but she's sort of kind of like moralizing wherever she goes um <laughs> yeah there's yeah because yeah, there's like this, there's this young punk that's yeah. sitting in like the the elderly and handicapped spot and she this old guy's trying to sit down and she she hits him and tells him to respect the elders and, yeah. <laughs> and as he's walking away she's like don't wear pink yeah yeah and, great. Then, and then yeah I, I she's that. she's getting really nauseous like and she's leaning over the old dude and she totally 
like barfs up and the, like the noodles are like very <laughs> visible. Uh, yeah, it's um, very gross. And what's great is then you realize the dude has a toupee. So he takes off the toupee yeah. and then she barfs on his bald head. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's so great. Well, and like, then Gyeon Woo dries off the toupee and tries to put it back on. Him. Right. And yeah. Man. He's really kind of forced uh, again into helping out. And another recurring theme throughout the film is it's like, society is judging Gyeongwoo constantly. Like wherever he goes, whenever he's with her, like everyone's staring at him. Um, yeah. Everyone's like sort of has an opinion and it's either like cold stares or they're like, you know, calling him out verbally. So uh, we have all this like awesome fun and games where she's like piggyback flung on his back <laughs> and um, he plays it so well. like uh, Cha Tae-hyun, the lead actor. He's yeah, just awesome in this um, and very iconic haircut for the period too. I feel like um, right with the bangs and everything. And he first tries I like the highlights. Yeah, totally. He first tries to basically just get her to like a bench at the next subway station and call it good, but she immediately like <laughs> flops onto that. And so like his kind of hero's call, he takes it up. Um, to basically like find a place for her to stay. So it checks into like this cheap motel. And so obviously a lot of like misunderstandings and stuff like that is way more money than he has to afford it. Yeah. All that stuff is like super fun, I think. And then he ends up getting arrested while he's yeah. naked. Um, mm-hmm. These dudes then at the jail, be- they become like a recurring <laughs> little group. Uh, feels very like, yeah, kind of like, I don't know, 40s sort of slapstick. Like, yeah, you know, Marx Brothers, Three Stooges, mm, Abbott and Costello yeah. kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, ultimate. And then he has to like crawl his way back home. And then that's where he introduces like just how kind of like violent his mom is. But it's totally played <laughs> for laughs. And so it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like as an audience, if you can get there and like <laughs> yeah kind laugh, of the mindset yeah, yeah laugh with them it's uh pretty cool I, it's it's funny every time in the movie there's something where someone's doing something that's actually abusive but it's supposed to be funny there's like this little plunky piano yeah, track totally. that plays underneath it It's yeah, like it's every like time, time it's, 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 it's funny. I like the little bit when he's flashing back to uh, being a kid getting in trouble. And um, there's a bit where his father is like, you got your brain from me. Like, you know, and the, you know, you're smart, but you do stupid things basically. And then it flashes forward to him a little older and he, his dad says, you got your brain from your mother. Like he's yeah. misquoting <laughs> himself. I yeah. thought that was pretty funny. There's a lot of little, little one-off things like that that keep you keep you going in the movie. Yeah, totally. And there's a lot of weird, like experimental camera work, which yeah, is kind of totally. cool. Because in the next scene, we get this brief shot where they're like, uh, where he's kind of explaining the whole situation to the, to the girl, and it's like this split screen kind of thing as it's like rotating around them oh yeah um there's this crazy uh what's the what's the name of the the shot where like you change like the depth of 
field while you're moving the camera. Oh, like the so vertigo like the shot. Background. Like the vertigo yeah. shot or like like in Jaws. There's a name for it. You're talking about a dolly zoom? Yep, dolly zoom. Yep. Dolly zoom is what I'm thinking Yeah, of. one of my favorites. Yeah. There's a really good dolly zoom earlier too, whenever he has her on, on, on his back. Yeah. And then it's like, so now we're meeting the girl, like the girl in theory, you know, sober. Um, but his explanations don't seem to really be like helping his case much. And once again, he, he's just almost kind of like forced into being with her. And we already have heard her, like catchphrase a couple of times, which is want to die. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And again, she's like moralizing to other people there. And then it, it's as though they're like going to be able to order something together, but she doesn't let him order what he wants. And she's just kind of like forcing yeah. him to, um, to like comply with certain things. Like you can definitely feel it's like, okay, this is some kind of weird tortured person, but like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah, and like everything he says that he's trying to soften the situation, she turns it back on him. Like he says she looks pretty and she's like, Are you messing with me or are you hitting on me? And he's like, Oh, it he has this like forever awkward <laughs> in, yeah, in, totally. in his conversations with her. But um I like also that it's like this internal monologue because like even even here I think he says like, Oh, when she's not drunk, she's just my type, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Pretty funny. But then it's like, yeah, after this, um, they're almost at like a, it looks like a Baskin Robbins, but I think there's like a Dunkin' Donuts logo. It, I think it's there. a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. I think it's just it's just an old Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, and that's the but... great thing, too, is like he gets up to the counter. It's like he actually knows the menu so well that he's like going to order some like specific, like goofy named um, ice cream or whatever. Um, but after that, it's like she takes him to this bar, uh, really cool like environment and stuff. But she starts like putting away shots pretty hard. And at a nearby table, there are these like this. This is also almost like a king of comedy kind of moment. There are these like older businessmen sitting with these like very young girls. And so she's just like basically takes it upon herself to kind of like break that whole thing up. And she's like scolding the girls, scolding the dudes like cussing them out, <laughs> like yelling them out of the, out of the bar. And then she's just like, she can't be held back from just getting like terribly drunk. Yeah. She's like a cha- chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's just getting in everyone's business. Yep. That's the hardest I laughed. I think in the whole movie is after she passes out and he's like poking her. And then it hard cuts to him carrying her <laughs> on his back to again motel. to the same yeah. hotel. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's so funny. That's actually the, the the main drink of choice in this movie is soju. Have you guys ever had soju? I haven't, mm-hmm. no. It's it's really it's really good. And it's it's very easy to get drunk on soju. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's like, like because it's fruity hard alcohol (laughs) yeah it's it's i think it's technically more similar to vodka but it's more but it you can it's kind of like wine in terms of like it's like hard wine Mm -hmm. like but it's super tasty it's very easy to drink a lot of it so so it uh makes sense in the context of this movie if you're ever doing karaoke, get some get a bottle of soju. Oh, dude! Oh man! Oh, that sounds like <laughs> it, it perfect. is. I, I I call it I call it karaoke juice at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love That's it! Awesome. Um, yeah, so they do end up at the hotel again. It's like yeah. the same room. Yeah, it's the same room, the same situation. Oh, it's so funny. And yeah, again, like oh, to your point earlier, Matthew, just some 
really solid camera work in general. Um, I feel like maybe compared to what someone might expect, it's just like uh, things are very often like super constructed and like or dolly, you know, dolly based shots and, and stuff. Yeah. Morning after is really funny. He finds himself on the bed. She's like rolled off onto the floor. I don't know. Just some of this fun back and forth, like toothpaste, toothbrush, water. But yeah, it's, he, he's also trying to like speak up for himself. There's like a little bit of cultural stuff because like the way she, she's like inflecting the language, um, she's sort of, yeah, she's like talking down to him. Um, and so he's like trying to see if they could speak more like peers. I do like uh, the next scene here where uh, it's him at school and he's kind of being a clown <laughs> yeah, and they're he, taking like, attendance. He answers for like every, <laughs> I've never seen this anywhere else. It's great. Yeah, like the teacher's funny. taking attendance and he basically says like here for like every student except for himself like he forgets yeah <laughs> and then um fate pulls them together again she shows up in the class and um they're in the middle of class and then there's it's like break time and she's like let's leave and he's like no i can't leave and uh she leaves and then you're surprised to see that the teacher's like Hey, encouraging uh, him to go. Like, like, yeah, you should go. <laughs> He's like, we did mostly everything already. We took attendance. You can just go. And yeah. <laughs> he's like, what? Okay. So then he leaves, and she's out. Oh, but the there teacher says, like, like, hey, and raise it. And it's it's great, like watching it oh, as, right. a, oh. as a foreigner, because part of you is wondering, like, oh, did I miss something, or is the translation funny? Yeah, here? that's exactly yeah. what I thought. <laughs> um, and then it turns like he's asking her. She's waiting out in the hall for him it's like what's going on why did he let him go it's like oh i told i told him i'm getting an abortion and you're the father um (laughs) and also like i think that's like that helps to kind of uh like express the tone of this movie in terms of like rating it has like this really cool edge it's like i don't know very pg-13 or something uh in a way that's like surprising you know it's there's a lot that's very like fluffy about the movie and there's quite a bit that isn't. And um, yeah, I think it, it lands in kind of a really unique place all of a sudden done. It's in pretty pretty soon after this, we get our first kind of cutaway movie parody yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she's she's a like a she's like an aspiring writer and she's writes this little script that he flips through. And this first one is like a kind of like a Terminator slash Matrix pastiche. <laughs> yeah, totally. And speaking of, actually, we were um, we were talking a little bit before about FMV stuff, and the outfit she's wearing looks very Resident Evil One. Oh, oh man, yeah. totally. And you've got the the hazy environment with all like mm-hmm. the gunfire. Yeah, it does look like that opening cutscene. I love that. Um, yeah. I do love also that it's like he has to read it under duress. She's <laughs> right. like, he's like not he, interested. He, he says like I she does this where she like keeps sending me these or making me read these scripts. We always go to the same park and I have to pay attention or else. And she says like her, you know, want to die. You know, that that's <laughs> yeah, pretty totally. funny. And, well, and also and, as, yeah, like, as a writer, she's walled off too. it's like he comments like, well, shouldn't the characters kiss in the end also it's very interesting it's like he's the damsel in distress in this like vision she has to rescue him um but yeah it's like she seems like very closed off to anything actual like emotional and then he gives her this great lecture on like (laughs) korean audiences and it's like oh koreans love melodramas and then he (laughs) like he refers to this movie which you actually did a little digging up on uh rick carlos 
Yeah, there's a, I mean, and he says it in here, but it's, as I was doing the homework, it's it's pretty much stated that this is like kind of a Korean classic, like a romance uh, story. It's called Sonagi, like the shower. And I it's available on YouTube at really nice quality with subtitles. So we'll definitely link it into the episode notes. But it's basically this adolescent romance where you have a young boy and he's like a country bumpkin and there's this girl that comes in from the city and uh, basically this kind of unexpected romance forms between them. But uh, in the story, it takes kind of like a tragic turn. And in the film, they're, they're talking about that, how important that is and how important it was to uh, the youth of Korea and um, how she should kind of know about that for her script writing. And she says, nah, that ending sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, my, I would change the <laughs> ending. And then they kind of play out like certain selections of scenes from the film. Yeah. And uh, in the original <laughs> film, it's actually really touching. And I mean, unfortunately, I'm going to spoil it right now. But the young girl does get sick and she dies. But they had this kind of secret relationship not like an indecent secret relationship but he was a young boy he didn't like tell anybody about his feelings for this girl and then when she passes away he overhears his parents talking about how she wanted to be buried in a certain dress and that was the dress that they had their little like dates on and um it's really touching in the movie but in this parody instead of the dress being like the the point of burial she wants to be buried with the person that meant something to her whether buried he was yeah. dead or alive yeah <laughs> so they like bury him oh, with her that made me laugh too yeah that is a really Where he's like he's trying to run away and they <laughs> like, like smack him with, with the, the shovel, shovel. <laughs> yeah it's it's really <laughs> funny and then I it like does it it does that kind of great thing where it's like when it cuts back to the present storytelling, it's like we're in a different location and we've moved. Yeah. Um, but it's good too, because he's still reacting to her yeah. and it's like, so he's like this look of like disgust and shock, like that's messed up girl. <laughs> and they're uh, in front of a, like a body of water and she kind of has like this opening moment where she's almost like revealing really what's what's going on but then it turns into another moment of yeah. comedy where she's asking about the lake if it's deep and she dumps him into the the lake and he, he like can't swim there's a couple of underwater shots and i thought were funny because you can see like the staining on the glass pane over the camera <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah which is pretty pretty funny yeah. but um and she ultimately uh, yeah, kind of swan really dives well. in to to help him out, and there's um there's a little bit of like behind the scenes uh, footage oh, really? like, from the DVDs that's pulled, and uh, oh, you get to see I this, want that. and it's like he's yelling and like they're kind of teasing him, and then she does the dive, which I'm guessing is a single take kind of thing. Um, it, I honestly wish there was some like outtakes and stuff for this film because it seemed oh, like they're, they're they were having a Yeah, there aren't really oh. like NGs, but like some of the behind the scenes stuff is really is really great. But um Oh, that's cool. I definitely yeah, wanna that we'll the, look that up. Thread. Yep. And then it's yeah. like we kind of like almost sort of come full circle. We're back like at the noodle bar with his friends. And here he's just like you can tell he's just fed up and he's finally able to just like get it all off his chest. It's like He's just really sick of this girl. Um, and then once again, it's like these repeating um, motifs are almost, um, it's not, there's nothing like literal 
Groundhog Day-ish in the movie, but we do have a lot of these like cyclical things. Um, and this is another one where it's like another like slender, long haired girl walks by the noodle bar <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm going to hit on her. And he tries tracking her down. Um, and yeah, of course it's, of course it ends <laughs> up being the girl again. But he's like said, yeah. he said something like, like, hey baby or whatever. And it's like, yeah, he's never going to live that. Yeah. Never yeah. going to live it down. And there's a great and fun he, bit where she's trying runs to call from her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's trying to call him and he mimics like the, you know, missed or bad phone line like message, which is really great. But that actually ends up paying off later in the film, too, which is really cute. Um, But it's cool because he he says it in Korean and then he says it in English. You call on wrong number or the diary's nulling service. Please call again. Uh, then it is it here where it like zips to like how she ended up. Yeah, at that point? yeah, yeah. yeah it, it cuts says, to an like, hour before, yeah. and it just shows all the the crazy things that the coincidences that happened that got them into that exact situation, and that their paths yeah. were like about to cross multiple times even before that. Yeah. There's this like sweet old woman who has this um like parcel and they each actually end up like helping the old woman in different parts of her <laughs> journey, which is really kind of a cool touch. I, I like how we said we weren't gonna talk about everything in the film, but we're just so yeah. entertained with it that we're just running through. Yeah, the no, movie, it is like a basically. super like incident kind of heavy like movie. All these well, yeah, because that's the, the way that the movie is arranged is just like all these little beats that just have like you know you can kind of sum up each of the the big scenes. Yeah, I think in a and I a I, I think manner. I think in a way that would really work for a series, and I do know that they made. A my sassy girl series but it's like a period yeah, uh, drama, yeah I think it's like they were trying kinda... to maybe like so give a is that space. that's that's supposed to be a remake of this yeah because yeah because whenever if you if you search this on netflix that's what you're gonna see oh is that series oh yeah. so yeah, yeah it's uh it's based on the same thing but okay um, cool How they sure. change stuff they around change, like the time period and other mm-hmm. yeah it stuff makes like sense that. which i suppose it's like you know, it's a clever twist. It probably still feels like maybe a little too fresh in like the public consciousness of of Korean viewers or something. But um, yeah, no, I, I haven't I haven't checked it out yet. There's also like an un there's like an unofficial sequel that doesn't really involve like the writer or director of this movie, and it doesn't what have Jun Ji Hyun in it. Um, and oh. then there's like there's another remake that's like a yeah, there's like a Chinese remake. And anyways, yeah, just. Okay, well, I mean, before we get into yeah. like the ending, I am super curious what a sequel would be because it could potentially be like a science fiction <laughs> movie. <Right? Yeah. laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> it could it could literally be about future, the, the future versions of the two of them going back in time to either start or encourage the relationship. <laughs> yeah, That's, no, or like sure. there, I, you could be like the old lady on the train is one of them from the future oh, or something. Like that's man. the kind of thing that this yeah. this movie leads to. Well, eventually. there's there are a couple of cool Easter eggs related to that that we'll that we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, I suppose like speeding through a little bit. Um, yeah, he's he's trying to kind of get back at her in this really like under thought way of like oh well i'll just get drunk on the train and then she's gonna have to bail me out 
Um, yeah. He gets dropped off at like a random station, calls her from a payphone. But then when he wakes up, he's back in jail. And it's great because oh, it's man. the same gang of guys. Like they just never yeah. leave that jail. Um, I love when she, so she bails him out, and I love the scene. Oh, of her the just scene is so beating the she's crap. She's so out deranged of him. and like looking right in the camera. And, yeah. yeah, it's really great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really fun. Uh, shortly after that, there's like some scenes of uh, Gyeonghu at home, and there's like this dead. this whole like thing where he's on the computer in his room, and his dad is just like continuously trying to catch him looking at porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's it's awesome. I love that shot so much. And then like he is, he's looking at like a girl. And then um yeah, eventually he he's like doing like some some chat with. Uh, Did you see what the, the website he was on? Yeah, like the girl was. It's was, well, no, right before that, the one that he's looking at the girl on is oh. called it's it's sohorny dot com. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh my god. Oh man. Which. FYI, for any of our listeners, SoHorny.com is available. You could purchase <laughs> wow. that if you wanted to. Oh, no beautiful. one is using it at the moment. So yeah, that's, gotcha. that's what they come here. But yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, then he, but yeah, then he goes to Lycos, which has a blast from the past. Yeah. the um, I was telling Marty before we recorded, because I took some screen grabs, and um, there is a scene where there's like a Lycos billboard on the train behind them, too, which is like... Man, this is 2001. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And yeah, the little a time and a place. Yeah, the little email yep. client is super fun too. Um and the email he gets is from the girl and she's letting him know like, "Hey, it's my birthday coming up. Um like what are you going to do for me?" You know, again, it's mm-hmm. just like nothing but pressure. And he devises this like beautiful birthday night cuz he has some friends that work at this amusement park. So we get to see kind of like the imaginative vision of like how that night will go. It's like, Oh, we're going to walk into the park. We'll have it all to ourselves. The lights will turn on one by one. The carousel will be running. And then right when we get there, these fireworks will go off. Yeah. He says like, he knows friends that still work there. That'll like hook it up for him. Yeah, totally. And then as they get there, we're hearing their voices, but we're seeing this like soldier with a gun um, sitting down against a wall. And there's actually, there's a little bit of reference to this earlier in the movie, like on the, on like the TV news, there's mentioned this oh. like, um, oh, runaway cool. soldier. Yeah. So yeah, definitely movie that rewards, um, reviewing and stuff. Uh, but anyway, so they're trying to scale over this wall and like Junwoo his, like his feet land, like right on the dude's head. It's yeah. There's some great kind of like classic, almost like silent movie kind of gaggery with this but uh then this crazed soldier where it's like what is going on who is this character he holds them at gunpoint and uh, it turns out there's like a whole army that's like looking for him so he takes them away into this it's not like a haunt yeah it's like a mask i I don't know it's some kind of like carnival (laughs) it's like a haunted house Yeah, yeah yeah And uh Which I love that he they go into the haunted house and that's what freaks Kyan Wu out more yeah. is the haunted house more than being held at gunpoint. Yeah, right when he enters he's like, oh <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's <laughs> and then this is kind of a yeah, it ends up being kind of a cool device because it's like we hear, you know, Kyun Wu and the girl open up a little bit more about each other kind of under this this thread of death, but it's hard to know kind of what's real and what isn't. And yeah, the soldier is very mentally unwell. And he's talking about how basically like his girlfriend 
left him for this other army dude and he's alternating between like suicidal and murderous and jun ultimately like tries to compel him it's like okay we'll let her go and then you'll keep me <laughs> but then he kind of backpedals he's like or let me go um yeah <laughs> uh my favorite bit in this scene is is like <laughs> sorry let me I need to have better preamble because I'm about to say, like, my favorite bit is then the soldier puts the gun in his mouth. No, that's not the <laughs> yeah. thing that I like. But, like, as he does that, then they're each kind of describing, it's like, oh, man, yeah, if you shoot yourself in the head, there's this giant hole. Yeah, like, um, yeah, they're, like, yeah they're, like, they're, like, cutting up mm-hmm. next to them, just, like, yeah, talking about, totally. like, oh, yeah, really? That happens? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's sort of <laughs> they have a little side check. Freaks them out. Like, like they're watching a movie instead of actually experiencing it. Dude, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, but yet here is, like, another moment where we start to get the girls uh, – she's peeling back the curtain a little bit and we're just seeing that it's like, okay, there's some serious pain in her past. Um, and ultimately he, the soldier does like allow her to, to escape. And she walks right into this like battalion of soldiers pointing their flashlights and guns at her. It's really kind of, yeah, the scale of the sequence is really kind of wild compared to the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, there's, there's the shot though with her coming out and, um, you know, there's like, spotlights on them and everything and they're in amusement park with it almost seems like this kind of arcade area where there are all these different types of shops and i could not help but notice that the burger place in the shot is called pp burger (laughs) (laughs) sure excuse me (laughs) it's pp burger all right i tried looking up pp burger and it didn't give me any any results yeah i need a pp burger shirt (laughs) the amusement park i couldn't identify either but they have like a huge epcot center looking yeah ball and i know that there is like a a disneyland in seoul but um the images that i was uh, looking up didn't match so it could be maybe something like 2000s era version of the theme park maybe there was some remodeling going on but i couldn't I couldn't find it, but yeah, it makes for a really good set piece. I do love how when this all escalates, though, that all of the beats that he had yeah. planned play <laughs> out, but it's in this horrible setting where he's like running from the military with this crazed soldier. It's perfect. Yeah, there's the whole like each like lantern on the walkway lights up as they run past and then the carousel lights up and there's fireworks and yeah it's like either he says it or whatever it's just like she says it like happy birthday <laughs> like it's perfectly like <laughs> yeah. the subversion of what he wanted it to be yeah totally and ultimately she makes the kind of compelling case um to the soldier it's like oh like i I don't know if you actually loved your girlfriend, like the way you're talking about it. It's like, you're supposed to, you know, let them free. And also like people move on so much faster than you think. And yeah. And we get some more of this like circling camera and yeah, it's, I would say it's like from this part of the movie, it's, it's like what you were talking about earlier, Matthew, where it's like very episodic, very little mini chapters or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause this is, the climax of part one and i mean in in so many ways it feels like the end of a film but you still really don't get the resolution to what their relationship is and then yeah you could part two starts and it's like kind of them in the middle of this relationship and all the kind of like more sitcom-y like kind of goofy things that happen between them and um i 
I like both parts in their own ways. Um, I think that, you know, um, together it, it still all really works. And, um, I just wanted to, um, just find out more, right? By an hour yeah, in, yeah. you get this like kind of heavy, kind of emotional, like dramatic moment. And then you're like, wait, like there's still, I still need to know more. I, I've never had this feeling in a movie where it's like, oh, I feel like I'm watching the end of the movie, but I still want to know more. But it's not like a criticism. It's like I kind of, you know, I'm watching it on my computer. So I knew that there's still a lot of the film, mm-hmm. but it's just like this weird feeling of resolution, but not a resolution. And yeah, I suppose it's like throws up these questions. It's like, why is there so much more to the movie? Um, yeah. There is another movie that that kind of reminded me of, and that's Love on Delivery from our Stephen Chow arc. Because Oh, no, yeah, totally. Yeah, there's a very similar kind of structural thing. I think I said in that one that, Love on Delivery is like, it's like a movie and then it immediately has the sequel to the movie as the second half. <laughs> right. Cause like the ending has like a, a resolution with like the, the, the Garfield silliness. Yeah, um, you're, you're very then, dead on with that. I like that comparison. And then the second half is like its own sequel. So yeah, I do honestly feel like, you know, Stephen Chow in this time was on this upward trajectory and these films were, were pretty big hits and you know yeah, throughout the asian Asia market yeah. so i could see like these these thematically really kind of landing and influencing what what became with this film i i did recently watch a new um korean film called alienoid and it's like a mm. sci- science fiction action film and actually one of the main things there's a time travel aspect to it and the other thing is that there are a lot of scenes that are like straight up. You can tell they were like Stephen Chow riffs, like in the style oh, of the comedy. Wow. So, um, I mean, even still, you you see that influence. So, um, and it's it's like a it jumps between like a period piece and a modern piece in an interesting way. It was okay, but um, I guess <laughs> I mean for the sake of what we're talking about right now, we are about to see a period piece with um, yeah. <laughs> the next like script that we see here. Yeah. The next script that she talks about is like a, a period drama where there is a, a cool like bounty hunter heroine who is, is going after this, this evil uh, guy who is of course played by uh, Gen Wu. Yeah. That's and, really fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is very fun. And they have like the kind of like classic samurai like slices and and she has to like poke him to to get him to fall over dead. And yeah, actually, in the script, the girl is from the future, right? Yeah. And and she's from the future, of course. Yeah. He's like, why are they always from the future? (laughs) Yeah. So So that actually shares her theory that like, yeah, you know what? Like they, you know what people call UFOs? I actually think those are time machines and like. That's how people from the future travel. And, you know, there are people from the future around right now. It's like. She's like, I hope at some point I get to meet somebody from the future. That's an actual theory. I mean, we're talking about crazy UFO theories, though. I mean, now, but that's like some people say like, oh, maybe UFOs are just actually like humans from the distant future coming back either to do homework or travel or whatever. I mean, I don't know where that theory originated but i'm sure by now um by the time this film was made that was something that people have said at some point uh, yeah. i don't think i want to say that i don't think my sassy girl started that theory <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i, I want to say that's i i don't know this 100 i'm not an expert on dc comics 
But I want to say there's one, at least one origin of Superman that says that Krypton actually is Earth in the distant future. Oh, dang. And they send him back in time, not to a distant, different planet. Oh, dude. Oh. I want to say, that, I want to say a, there's a Superman that's such a that cool does premise. that. Wow. Which, oh. which I, well, yeah, I, I think is kind of a cool premise. I but. do think of like a Booster Gold is a DC character that he was like just kind of a a bum in the future and he was like i'll just go to the past and i'll be a superhero and that's that's basically what he does but um i do like how they punctuate this uh little segment and actually before we move away from this period scene um uh junji hyun she actually the the only other film that i realized that i've seen once i did my homework was um she was the lead in Blood the Last Vampire, which yeah. is an adaption of an anime. And um it I really love the anime. Actually, Katsuya Tarada is like um it's one of his pieces. He's like one of my favorite Japanese artists. And uh Blood the Last Vampire, I believe it was production IG uh, or Madhouse. I, I'm I'm misremembering right now, but it was an interesting thing because it was an anime that was kind of like a um international effort so that when you watch blood the last vampire it's like mostly in english there's like multiple languages going on and um the live action production of blood the last vampire was in a similar way it's like a com uh combined effort between like hong kong japan and france and the united states i believe so she's the lead in that and actually it wasn't a very successful film but um i mean i i remember it being okay for the time but that was like her kind of stepping out of Korea into like world stage. And yeah, I, yeah she had I, a couple of like projects, like they're sort of back to back, like an attempt to kind of get into the international market. And her international name is usually Gianna June. Um, and so it was Blood the Last Vampire. And then right after that, a film called uh, Snowflower and the Secret Fan. You might remember hearing about that. Um, oh, okay. And didn't do all that well at the box office, but she's actually the lead in that. Yeah, if I remember right, Yasuaki Kurata is also in Blood the Last Vampire. And oh, I think yeah, the genre I think, right. I think genre no too. Like so that kind of gives you your your international yeah. cast just in those three members right there. Totally. Pretty cool. Um and then what's cool is as we get out of the story, she mentions uh this company, Shinsina, that supposedly uh Jung was supposed to have like a contact with and what's really great is Shinsena is the production company of this movie um, oh, and so go. it's like <laughs> it's that kind of like cool like meta breaking the breaking walls and stuff <laughs> yeah. and there's just a awesome beat here like he gives it to basically a couple of readers um at the studio and then he goes into the bathroom and the reader he gave it to like runs into the bathroom just to, like Jizz. yeah throw violently up. throw up um Ugh. and yeah reacting to her script yeah it's <laughs> perfect yeah, uh, that's so really good. good yeah we're basically recounting all these moments so like the next moment with the in on the subway train is like one oh, of my favorites so in the whole film where uh there's a little boy playing on the subway train and he's he writes this red line with his mother's lipstick and then it's right in front of them and they make a bet like okay if if the guy if somebody steps over it with their left foot I win. If somebody steps over with the right foot, you win. And then she's like, okay, well, what are we going to do? And he's like, we'll smack each other. And um, <laughs> so he wins the first one and flicks her forehead. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to smack you then. And then, of course, the next 
person like the following like 30 people because it's like (laughs) like to this like yeah hilarious like uh, you know degree where a whole troop of military men are marching through and he's predicting that it's gonna land on his side but at the last minute they switch it over like some looney tune shit and (laughs) (laughs) then like there's she has this amazing speech though before she enacts her like justice basically yeah he's she's like do you understand why the sky is blue and he's like well, it's because of the sun she's like no it's because i want it to be blue so the sky is blue <laughs> she goes like yeah. way too far into it like some wrestling speech <laughs> like shoot oh, totally. and like uh she starts smacking him and everybody's reacting to it and yeah, that's that's really yeah. Again, great. like everyone that. around him is always like, is catching him at his like lowest moments and is totally judging him. And we get some um, some kind of fun in games vignettes here, um, like trailer fodder kind of stuff. Like they're playing this yeah, racquetball exactly. game, and this ends up being a runner, which I, I think is great. It's like as they're playing racquetball, it's like the ball just like finds his face, finds his nose. It's like, yeah, no only it hits his face. Every yeah. single time it bounces back, it hits his face, which, you know, there's some things that a joke can get overdone. I think a guy getting comically hit in the face is always funny. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so. And when it comes back in like the tail end of the movie, it's like, you've been away from it just long enough where it's like, it's still yeah. got, still got some juice. And then there's the um, bit with yeah. the, the fencing, like the kendo. Yeah. Um, there's the 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 gag with them switching shoes, and that's where you get your uh, first instance of uh, you're, you're my, my girl, girl playing. Yeah, and totally. he's wearing heels, and um, then they have like this kind of cute moment where they're stuck in the rain, like any romantic comedy, right? And actually, I guess in a way, it calls back to Sonagi, which we mentioned yeah, earlier. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and um, uh, there's like, yeah, I, is this the first time he's met? The parents yeah, this is the first time he yes, meets this is, yeah, this is what he meets. He meets Her dad is great. Oh, man. The dad is just constantly pouring himself shots. And yeah. he has, like, these just kind of pointed questions to him. But in the end, he just passes out right in front of him. It's, yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. The, the dad, the guy that plays the dad does it just perfectly. <laughs> so yeah. Good. You also realize that it's really the mom that's like the more strict of the two because she's like as he's walking outside he can hear her arguing with the uh with the girl and she's like he's a bum like well you're wasting your time blah 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 and then um you get this moment where uh she runs out after the argument and it's like this kind of you know you these romantic moments you could see built up but the this leads me to just this random moment where he's kind of laying in like what you find out is like a study stall in in a classroom and his <laughs> phone goes off and i don't know did you guys recognize that ringtone 그녀에게서 얼마 동안은 연락이 없었습니다 cuz i oh, did. did not oh what is it so it's it's actually the the theme music from New Rally X, which is like an old Namco game from like oh, dude, 1980. Awesome. And I oh, thought, wow. you know, my my brain was like, okay, these old games always use like kind of like classical, like kind of yeah. just something, but. 
when I looked it up, I'm like, no, actually, New Rally X had its own original theme music. So this is it's that's what his ringtone is. <laughs> oh, dude, awesome. that's so Breaking great. news, folks. Yeah, yeah totally. some old that, school honestly, it, arcade. It music makes right sense. There. It makes sense that obviously he'd be into Japanese games. And actually, the model that he was looking at on the computer earlier is a Japanese model. I tried to see uh, if I could, could find anything about her, but I, I couldn't. Whoa. Besides a couple of like. Shots. Dude, yeah. no, good dude. dude <laughs> no, her, um, well, because there's, you never know what the internet's gonna have for you, dude. No, you said it. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, nice no, job, especially man. whenever it comes to you know cute girls in Japan. So. <laughs> right, yep. right. Usually, the, just... the whole like crux of that conversation though is that she's saying that it's gonna be like their hundredth day, some type of anniversary, and she yeah, wants yeah. him to deliver her a rose while she's in class. So then mm-hmm. he kind of devises a plan to go do that where And then she the, also the, asked like she's like, Oh, what's the what's the prettiest Yeah, song like, like Yeah, or like what's the prettiest like way to see a girl? I can't yeah, something like that. And it's like, oh, and she's playing piano and then she asks him like his favorite song. And he actually mentions like, oh, that George Winston song. And this is because <laughs> George Winston actually does does have this fairly famous arrangement of Pachelbel's Canon, which is actually arranged it for the key of C major, which is kind of funny because the title of the piece is actually Canon. Yeah, D. everyone knows it as Canon. Canon D. Um, yeah. But I guess this was a this was actually a really popular recording, kind of like throughout Asia at the time. Um, and uh, yeah, anyways, it's also really it's really interesting to see him like masked up. It's like I think oh, forever yeah. we're just gonna see masks as like. A, <laughs> pandemic thing yeah i was thinking he he looks like my delivery guy in like <laughs> april of 2020 Dude, yep. yeah totally. it's like incredibly normal now <laughs> yeah and so he hides the rose like in this food container but then it almost doesn't work because the the guard at the school says like oh yeah I'd, i ordered that food and so he, he runs off and then we have this scene where it's like she's playing the piano like on stage like at a almost like a recital situation and it's this huge lecture hall full of, um, all, I guess it's like so, all girls school. So to get super duper music dorky, I you just said it was an arrangement that's in C. The version that she plays in the movies in C. I just I just double checked. Yeah, it. totally. Oh, nice. And actually, I, I, I pulled it's, up a keyboard, <laughs> dude. Nice. The yeah, the the it doesn't really sync to the picture, but when you watch some of the behind the scenes footage, it is Jun Ji Hyun playing. Um, but then huh. yeah, this is like that's cool. Probably our most like overt kind of romantic, yeah, moment like romantic in the movie gesture. Yeah, it's it's very sweet. Oh, it's hard for me to hear Canon and D at a school and not think it's just graduation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> instead right, of totally. instead of a, a romantic gesture. Well, like yeah. like hearing my girl, this is something that I was thinking. Oh, maybe maybe it means a little more in Actually, my like, girl's in context. Oh, oh dang! Oh yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, from from Asian side. Uh, you know, kind of has a different weight than it does, like from yeah. from our side of things. And I mean, I know we're running kind of long, but l- our last episode when we were talking about Lupin, I did forget to mention that, like during the wedding scene, they're like playing, like uh, Yuji Ono does like a legally distinct like 
air on G like oh, arrangement yeah. in that. Yeah, you're right. And and I thought that was funny because isn't that like in public domain? Like why yeah, would you totally. even need to do that? But, yeah, um, I know you're you're completely right. Yeah. The other thing it's, was from like, like the 1600s. I you know. don't need to I make it off brand, but yeah, I thought that was hilarious. So I was like, okay, in doing my research, I just looked up, uh, you know air on g on youtube there's like you know a video with like eight and a half million views so i clicked on it and then for whatever reason i scroll down a little bit and then i look at the comments and all the comments are about like k-pop and like this group and i was like wait what's going on like (laughs) (laughs) so it was like i guess like in march of this year there's a k-pop group called red velvet and they did like they did like a a a song that kind of samples rng but like it's hilarious to me that in the year 2022 you're looking up johann sebastian bach and all the comments are about (laughs) (laughs) k-pop Oh, man, k-pop will crazy. show up in the weirdest places yeah like if you funny. if you type something in like a gif lookup and it doesn't show up with whatever reference you're trying to come up with it'll probably show you k-pop stuff <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> it's right. it's wild that's funny um you get this really cute romantic comedy moment and then there's a, a another like they have this really cute date where they dress up like as if they were in high school yeah this is like really... iconic at the time I can imagine, yeah. And I believe it. They're both really hamming it up. I like that our lead here, Gimwoo, is like just about as wild as as she usually is for this date. Mm-hmm. They're dancing and they're like kind of flexing on people, and um, and also like they're wearing high school uniforms. But as soon as they go in the bar, they just show their IDs yeah. to show like, yeah. no, we're 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 of age. So. And, and then when they're going like, for drinks afterwards, they're kind of role playing like they are in high school. Um, yeah, yes. yeah. But they're oh, super man, drunk. drinking and smoking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it seems like everything's going real great. They have this like really kind of sweet moment and the taxi home, but then he meets the parents. Oh, yeah, and, and he tells the, the taxi parents, driver, hey, can you drive slower? It's great. Yeah, it's just really Aww. cute. It's very sweet. And uh, um, the parents drop the hammer. They're like, you can't see this girl anymore. So that kind oh, of... Oh, we forgot that there's a dude who's like talking about AIDS prevention on the street and he like... <laughs> oh, yeah, and he gives him a condom. A condom. Um, Another situation where like, yeah, the worst... Uh, like circumstances, like put yeah, because the dad Gil asked him to like, like empty worst. his pockets, and so it's like yeah, the condom yeah. there, and it's like, what's this for? It's like, oh, I think it's to prevent AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, I mean, as we're getting through this film, you know, this is a romance. This is a, a real romance now, and they they still haven't even like kissed. You know, if yeah, yeah, totally. Thinking of something in an American film. At the very least, they would have kissed by now. So yeah, yeah. You know. But yeah, Dad puts like a kibosh on it. It's like in no uncertain terms, like you can't date her. Um, there's also some great stuff where the mom is like mouthing and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's great. I just like that dynamic where it's like you get the <laughs> the real sense that she's the one pulling the strings with all. Yeah, the for sure. Yeah, and then um, yeah, we sort of fade to we dip to black for a bit and some time has passed. They're each trying to kind of like date. Um, and we see a little bit of Jinwoo's blind date and it's, yeah, not, it's a transphobic joke. Well. Yay. <laughs> right. Yeah. 2001. You, it's 2001. It's yeah. not good and it doesn't excuse it, but it's 2001. So yeah. 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 The fact that it's not like, 
a 30 minute long oh man that was really a guy kind of kind of thing <laughs> or the climax it's like of it's ace it's ventura. yeah yeah it's not ace ventura is what i'm getting at um but yeah it's you know it sucks but it's like a minute so um right but, but we get, get to see in, yeah uh, her her date who i the way they show him i almost wondered if he was like a famous korean actor or something because he's he's oh. a very like conventionally handsome kind of guy yeah i, good call. I feel like i've seen it, it just things, it just seemed but like it yeah. do my research and we get like kind of this uh this is also i i think this is a scene this is very sweet too. When, when they're on the balcony i think that's only in the director's cut so that i think that is I and mean, that's a pretty good scene between them but yeah i think one of the probably most well-remembered scenes of the film is like she comes back out of the bathroom uh jen was gone and she's like oh where did he go she's asking her date and he's kind of just jokingly laughing he's like oh he left but you know he gave me a list of rules um you know if i really want things to go well with you and he starts like recounting this and here we have another of these like circular camera things and it's kind of cleverly like fading in and out of like who we're actually seeing and what point in time we are. And he's kind of just sort of recounting their relationship like through this list. And I feel like it just puts such a fine point on how long suffering he's been and yet like how well he really knows her. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we see her really just kind of get overwhelmed. And so she's like, she's running out and it's, the most kind of actually like emotionally raw that we've ever seen her. And she's like trying to track him down. Uh, Once again, we get the sense that it's like rivers of fate or whatever, or like (laughs) trying to bump them into each other again and again. And they have all these kind of like near misses, especially love the one where he's like so tired. So he's just kind of like sitting down on the escalator and she doesn't see him. Yeah. Um, But then we get this great moment. She's just like, you know, she takes charge with everything that she does. So she actually goes into this kind of like, like the command center of the subway station or whatever. And (laughs) they're trying to make like intercom announcements and she just keeps like blurting in. (laughs) And so he finally makes his way back there. And then they have this, yeah, really kind of beautiful moment. Yeah. And then she punches him. Yeah. She punches (laughs) him for sure. And that's a really sweet moment too, because she, she kind of has this, you were supposed to dodge kind of thing but i i do also feel like the kind of cyclical way this movie works where when you see him on like the the camera he's ahead of the yellow line on the subway like stop or it looks like oh this is kind of a dangerous situation he might be kind of you know in a low spot and then when he hears her call he it pulls him away and, and he makes his way up to the booth which is it's pretty nice which it's funny this that probably could be a good ending to the movie, but we still got some some weird stuff we gotta oh, man. we gotta get through. Yeah, we gotta get to my favorite weird stuff. They go they go like hiking, um, which this this looks beautiful. Like this this makes me want to visit mm. South Korea. <laughs> it's like this beautiful mountain next to a river. Yeah, it looks amazing. She gets him to climb up to the peak of a different mountain to see if they can hear each other. Um, and that, that's kind of where she basically is like, I'm a mess. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm crazy uh, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is where we get, we get to kind of finally see our, our, um, our bookends with the, the tree where they both yeah, put these letters totally. in, put it in a little time capsule and say that they'll be back there in two years to read them and, and like try to reconnect. 
it's really sweet and it it is like i mean we we've already gotten these like very romantic comedy moments but you can see here that this is like one of these with how popular this film was this is like kind of like the moment of the movie where it's like you know when people talk about like what they were talking about earlier with sonagi with the with the shower this is kind of like the new generation of that romantic like moment in in film for like korean cinema which is pretty great yeah yeah totally and interesting that they're kind of like dancing around that out in the open in this like somewhat meta way like yeah they, right they'll need to like land their own their own plane um great scene at the train station is they're <laughs> basically agreeing to like okay this is where we separate and yeah i don't know just this lovely beat like as the train is finally rolling up off he's like i can't do it you know he's going to like jump off the train to like be with her on the platform and she has the same bright idea and as he jumps off like he kind of yeah he sort of trips and he rolls and it's uh it's yeah it's great it's honestly a, a nice stunt jump off of the train it look the way that it's framed is nice and like you can see that it's him jumping out that's pretty cool um but and yeah, yeah it, it perfectly captures what their relationship was and how like strange like them meeting and them missing has been so that's i i think it's a really great way to yeah end, totally uh, this segment of the movie the final like structural chunk of the movie um which is labeled overtime um and then here's where it's like we really converge with a sort of reality almost he talks about writing writing the blog which is like the inspiration for the movie and yeah that basically um the film company is like interested in like optioning it. yeah getting getting real getting real meta yeah he's also yeah. practicing all of these things that uh, yeah they did together yeah, you know, yeah the... he's he's learning because he said that he couldn't swim so he's learning how to swim he's mm -hmm. Like they did kendo, and so he's getting better at that. He's actually hitting the ball, playing squash instead of getting hit in the face. Yeah, yeah. and the the hilarious bit where when he gets to the scene where he gives the script, he like slides into frame like he's <laughs> yeah, on like great. wheels. <laughs> it's so good. I laughed out loud when I saw oh, that. Oh man, really yeah, good. so funny. And then, so he, it's basically about the two year mark. Um, he goes there. Um, and he digs up the um he digs up the time capsule but like yeah he essentially waits there all day and she doesn't show but he reads her letter and then here's where we really get kind of like her full story um with lots of flashbacks um and we see like a much softer kinder like more innocent girl than we've known um, and it turns out like her long-term serious boyfriend died and died like the day before she, yeah, exactly. Met. The, the day before they met. That's why she was, that's why she got so drunk. Yeah, totally. And that she's like never really been able to process it and that there actually are all these kind of uncanny details about, um, about Jin Ho that like, um, Jin Woo, sorry. sorry. Yeah. About Jin Woo that remind her of, um, you know, like her late boyfriend, like they even had the same like handkerchief and everything, um, which also adds a little to this like earlier joke bit where she just pockets the handkerchief, which is just like really funny. <laughs> but like in this full context, it's like you mm -hmm. get why she would just instinctively hang on to it. 
Um, yeah. And it, she also mentions that like she's stayed in touch actually like with her boyfriend's mother and like even all the time while they were that they've been together. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's basically this, like, I don't know if it's ever really going to happen for us. And he still continues to wait there all day. Oh yeah. Also this tree, it was like a special tree for her and him. So yeah, it's like pretty sad, heavy stuff. And then, yeah, what the movie does really kind of brilliant. It's like, he talks through a voiceover. He's talking about how it's like, Oh, I'll come back to the tree like again and again, you know, thinking I'll see her, but I don't. And then what we see is this very old man in his kind of like preferred outfit or whatever, um, sitting by yeah. the tree. And then sure enough, Jun Ji Hyun's character walks up. So it's like quite a, yeah, quite a mind bend right here. Like we're not sure exactly what's happening. Yeah. And um, by the time you get to this point, you could, you're, you're kind of ready for it to almost be a joke, like the way that they play that. But mm-hmm, um, they right. kind of keep it going. They're, they're, it's still playing it straight. And uh, yeah, she has this nice conversation with this elderly man. But um, you're still kind of like feeling like the, the way fate pulls these characters together. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was like really excited to see what was happening as it was playing out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then he kind of he kind of steps away while she's looking at a letter, and then up in the sky we see a UFO fly away. Yes, <laughs> yes. And it really is a like like whenever I was whenever I watched it with Callie, I don't think Callie noticed it, and mm-hmm. I only noticed it at the end. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like just just subtle enough, just um, yeah. But yeah, it's out there kind of like in the open sky. And he also talks about like, oh, I I know this tree's secret and I've actually read your letters and this isn't the mm-hmm. tree that you thought it was, but the boy like replanted it. And um, he has a really interesting sense of time. And like part of me wonders if like all that we've seen in this last chapter is in the era that we think it is. I don't know. It's, but yeah, some interesting stuff. And she talked she talks about how for her two years wasn't like nearly long enough and she's there yet like a year or more after that. And she is saying how she always thought by chance they would like meet again, but this must not be fate. And then the old man mentions this line, which like we were so dorky, but this was totally all over like my friends and I was like MySpace profiles or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, fate is building a bridge of chance for someone you love. It's like oh, it's translated. Um, that'd be a good high school quote yeah totally (laughs) in your yearbook and and shit Mm -hmm. and then we get to the oh shoot she finally actually is able to throw this necklace that her boyfriend gave her like out into the out into the sea and so we see that like she's letting go and if we remember earlier with like the soldier she talked about how you know it's very classic value but it's like if you love someone that you let them go and then she gets on the subway train. We see that it's like, oh, they actually are missing each other again. It's like they are still kind of like lining up. And then we get into the ending, which I think it's, I don't know. It's just so fucking delicious. Um, yeah. So she's. It is a, yeah. Yeah. The ending is, the ending is perfect because at the very, very beginning of the movie, we are hearing that. John Woo was like getting his picture taken and then was going to meet up with his aunt to get set up with a girl. And then this all ties in at the end where it turns out that the girl is, is the girl 
Yeah, and, totally. And the and aunt is the like, yeah, and the aunt is the mom. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that means that her boyfriend was his cousin. I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, and I and I guess it I could make sense. Aunt also, aunt could also be. Yeah, you know, it like could not be a, a biological family family situation. So. Um, so then, yeah, she's set up here at the dinner and it's a great little device because the camera doesn't really reveal him. And then she, like the aunt, like squishes his face, which he also mentioned in the <laughs> beginning and then like turns his face to her. And yeah, it's just this awesome yeah, moment. And sweet. they sit down next to each other and the aunt can tell that's like, oh, you, you guys know each other. Yeah. And camera like pans down to see them like holding hands and. We get a it little bit of sweet. a fun, like, send, yeah, like, send up or kind of, like, repeat of the high school night at the club. <laughs> Walk in with their mm-hmm. their IDs. Yep. And then my girl plays and get credits. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. It's my sassy girl. It ends It ends very sweet. It's it's a, yeah, it's good. Uh, Callie's main consensus was she, he should have left her <laughs> before he had that because she's abusive. <laughs> but, but it does end in a very sweet way. <laughs> Yeah, it it is interesting, and yeah, no, I, I, I think guess that's I, very much the healthy the healthy take. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, definitely with the Western sensibilities, it's like well, why I is mean, there's dealing with of, this crap? Like, there's plenty know? of Western rom coms where the woman is completely deranged. Also, yeah, like Sleepless in Seattle, Meg Ryan is like a psychopath. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's my sassy girl. It's, it's a good pick, Marty. It's it's uh, it's oh, really cool. fun to do kind of kind of out there like more you know you know a rom-com instead of our, our usual you know <laughs> martial arts mans punching each other you know? <laughs> right and i think that it's it's another case of of marty uh surprising us with something really fun that we wouldn't have come to the show with and i and, mm-hmm. and i really appreciate like what each of us brings to the show and i think that these episodes that we are doing right now to close out the year are kind of representative of that. And I think, yeah, this is, this is a good one. We're a bunch of softies today. <laughs> we are. <laughs> no, well, yeah. And no, I'm, we'll, thanks, we'll get guys. to it after plugs. Yeah. I'm fascinated to hear what yours is, Carlos, oh, but dude, we'll find yeah. that out, out in, in, in a few minutes. Like pins and, <laughs> pins and needles. Thanks so much for yeah going through the movie guys. And it's, I don't know. I already feel like we're brothers, but, you know, it's like whenever you can share something that's like really a core part of you, it's just, um, yeah, it's such a gift. So yeah, I feel really fortunate for that. And yeah, also, uh, for folks that are into the movie, uh, windstruck, I would say is like, yeah, great, great follow up, like awesome double, double feature. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to look into it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm also going to revisit blood, the last vampire to see how that holds up. (laughs) Well, dude, it's crazy. Um, my friends and I were watching uh, Kingdom, which is on Netflix. It's like a, I think I've maybe talked about it, but yeah, from the I last did, couple yeah. years, I think, right? That's pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. Yeah, 2020, yeah totally. Like yeah, and so that's like a like a Korean action series where you're in kind of like a medieval period, but there's like this zombie outbreak. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really well done. And at the end of the second season, there's this little sort of like cliffhanger thing where this new character comes in. And it was Junji Hyun, and I was like, "Oh, oh what cool. is going on?" Yeah, nice. Um, That's cool. So yeah, she's um, yeah, still. I mean, she's still considered, I think, kind of like one of the like in Korea, like one of the most like famous actresses. Yeah, and I guess we we never mentioned it, but this was 
both our leads, it was basically their day big debut role and it was like such a huge huge hit to kind of come into film with that's pretty pretty cool well yeah that's my sassy girl thank you so much for listening to our show if you enjoyed it then you could leave us a review whatever you listen to this on like spotify or or apple podcasts all that stuff um you can check us out on facebook instagram and twitter we're at heroes the number three podcast on all three of them and if you have any questions or anything like that that you want to send to us, shoot us an email at heroes the number three podcast at gmail.com. So next oh. week to finish out the year, and then we're gonna take a little break in January, but to finish out the year is Carlos's pick. And oh my god, Carlos, what are we gonna watch? Dude, okay. All right, guys. So uh, you know, I'm I I wasn't trying to build this up. You guys were kind of building it up, which I like. <laughs> That's fun. I love it. But, um, you know, with each of our picks, um, I I love that Matthew brought animation and we got to rope in Josh for that. It was really great. I did have some animation in mind. So then I was like, nah, can't do that. Um, Marty came at us with this romantic comedy, which is something I would have never picked. And um, I think it opens the door to Korean cinema for us, which I hugely appreciate. But I honestly feel like for us to end our year, it should be something really like in like this dead center of the stuff that we love. Right. Not to say that we don't love this other stuff, but okay. So 1978 has been a year that we've gone back to so many times, right? Mm -hmm. Like the best year to me for like Hong Kong cinema, like Kung Fu cinema, um, a movie that I've mentioned a handful of times that honestly we could do an arc of films on. It doesn't star any of the familiar faces that we're used to, but the action choreography is definitely by somebody that we know very well. And I mean, with this, not giving too many details, Marty, do you have an idea of what I might <laughs> be talking about? Don't worry if you're wrong. Oh, dude. No, I, I want to I wanna be surprised. So I'm not even going to... Not okay, I guess. So for our next episode, we will be talking about Joseph Quo's Born Invincible, starring oh, dude, I'm so Carter happy. Wong, and action choreography by Yung Wu Ping, and we'll see some of our uh, a, a, a couple of our familiar faces. And I also feel like for Christmas, I wanted to bring something that had a white-haired villain. <laughs> oh, dude, that's perfect. <laughs> so that's what we're oh, going to be talking about. Perfect amazing yeah um that'll yeah. it'll it'll come out a little after christmas that's fine but yeah i understand that that's, that's completely we don't fine, want to give kids the idea of kicking santa that's up. true that's true in the, matthew in, in our uh, q a episode you mentioned about wanting to study tai chi i would love to see what your take on tai chi is <laughs> after we watch this film. <laughs> oh perfect <laughs> All right, that's good yeah cool well until next week we're taking a look at board invincible i'm matthew i'm marty i'm carlos we are the heroes three remember your training <laughs>